To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Hey everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal, investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. We go public with this and we're wrong, that's it. It's, it's over. We're cooked. God, I wish Kent was here. Whatever the signal is, we better do something soon. Vegas is going to set. That position is confirmed. We've got... 4.4623 gigahertz. Confirmed. We've got 112 Jamskis. All right, do you have a source location yet? We put it right smack in the middle. Vega. Okay, thanks, Ian. Just keep tracking and we'll get back to you. Yeah, righto. Okay, 101, the pulse sequence through every prime number between two and 101. Who are we gonna call now? Everybody. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, recorded here from Spare Parts Studio. Sunday. No, it's not Sunday. It's Wednesday. You can find me on social media. You can also email me directly, positive sarcasm at outlook.com. Chase, don't you dare you stay right there. Don't you freaking move. Every time I open my mouth during this podcast, you get up off that couch and you come over here for validation. I love you to death. You're freaking as cute as a button, but you're awful clingy. You just stay there on that big ass sofa that I just installed and you stay there on Tom Dunn. You get that? Love you. Stop giving me that look. Mm. Anyways, you can find me on social media. You can email me directly, positive sarcasm outlook.com. And you can also check out my YouTube channels, uh, YouTube, 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 positive sarcasm and positive sarcasm podcast. Hey, if you're in the Christmas spirit, how, how would you donate to the positive sarcasm website? Just go to positive sarcasm.com, click on the donate slash contact section and contribute there. Any amount is appreciated. You can also find me on Venmo app at 
positive sarcasm. Just wait. Just look for the black hole logo. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Uh, coffee today is Lavazza because I ran out of PB and Joey, but that's okay. I've got five pounds. I've got five pounds of Costa Rican blend coming, uh, green Costa Rican blend coming from uh, a company to, not to be named yet, but I'm going to be sourcing them and checking out checking out their flavors this week. So good, I got a couple good news notes uh, this end. Obviously, the sad note is that the Positive Sarcasm Studio 2.0 will be ending at the end of this month, and we'll be relocating to the uh, Positive Sarcasm Underground Studio for January, and then we'll be relocating. There may be some time differentiation things, but for the most part, you'll still get your twice a week. And then in May or about probably about June, the Positive Sarcasm Podcast will be relocating to the official 3.0 studio for uh, for the foreseeable future and hopefully the permanent future uh if your eyes aren't watching the podcast i'm wearing a santa hat i'm wearing a santa hat itchy so that is going on for that so that's good news number one is the coffee is on route or in route um it should be here in about a week or so i'm still fine-tuning what my final uh what do you call it my still fine time fine-tuning what my, this is what Lavaza does to me. Lavaza fucks me up something serious. I'm still fine tuning what temperature I want to cook the beans at and for how long. Because any you can really you can screw it up just by a tiny bit of the dial. So anywhere between if you change the temperature of your cook of your coffee beans when you're roasting them from anywhere from from literally 10 degrees, it's going to change the whole uh, flavor of the coffee. It's going to change the the roast, uh, whether it's go from meeting roast, it could go to dark roast, and one minute difference can change that altogether. And not for the best all the time. Too light, too light a blend is just as bad as too dark a blend. I mean, granted, uh, light, like super light roast is undrinkable because it tastes like bad tea, and too dark a roast is undrinkable because it's basically charcoal. And you can't mix charcoal. Charcoal is good for some things. Uh, maybe you could throw it in your grill and burl and fucking make some burgers. But besides that, it's no bueno, bro. The But I am working on it. And another thing, too, is depending upon where you source your blends, depending where you source your beans and all that other na stuff, um, well, besides the obvious shit like fair trade and all that stuff, there is two other things, too. You can buy Colombian Robusto. Or, excuse me, uh, Robusto generally comes from, I think, Vietnam. You, Robusto is basically like a... That's like a pow type of coffee. It hits you quickly. It's not as smooth. It makes you jittery. Um, that's a cheaper coffee. You can usually get those for like three something a pound in green format. They Right now I can source them from Vietnam. But I want, and then of course you can get Colombian uh, Arabica or you can go with, I'm going with Costa Rican because I've always had good luck with Costa Rican coffee as far as the flavor, the notes, the chocolatey mixes or whatever else is in there. And it's a good solid flavor that you can uh, play with as far as the coarseness of the grinds or the time it takes for you to roast them. So there's a lot of options there. So the margin for error is a little more open. Same thing with like Colombian coffees as well. But I wanted to go with the Costa Rican blend. I wanted to, I wanted to support uh, Central and Southern America. That was my goal. Uh, I know there's awesome roasts like Kenya and Kona blends and uh, Ethiopian blends and Sumatra, but I wanted to support like a Central American 
uh, co- country and Costa Rica was like, I'm like, that one makes perfect sense. I drink Costa Rican coffee all the time. I love their flavors. That was the one I wanted to do. And I, I think they deserve first dibs, at least with my company. Um, so that's going to be going forward. Once I test out a first few, I'm going to immediately start looking for co- proper packaging, which I think I know where to get it. So that will be the next step. But I got to fine tune it and uh, go from there. So that was so the good news is on that, on that front. Oh, I was going to order another blend, but they supported a they they're like first of all, they were charging me more, which isn't good. So they were charging me more and sending that money to a charity that I didn't approve of. So I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know what? You can kiss my ass. You don't get my money. I'm canceling this order." And I went with another pl- company that charged me less for the same brand, for the same blend from the same uh, country, and I'm like, "That's perfect." So whatever saves me money saves the customer money. So I went with them, and they had free shipping, which was, I think they had free shipping? I think they did, So which is freaking awesome. So I went with them. Look more for that to come. Uh, so let's see. More good news on the, on the, actually on the domestic front is that son of a bitch, son of a bitch who punched, sucker punched Rick Moranis in Manhattan has been arrested. There were several sources for it. We'll go with TMZ because they keep it short and sweet. And they're more right than most uh, news organizations today, oddly enough. So Rick Moranis, according to TMZ, sucker punch suspect was arrested. If you haven't seen the footage, well, it's exactly as, as I'm telling you. A dude was walking by as Rick Moranis was leaving his apartment complex. And the dude just destroyed him with one shot and then walked away. And Rick Moranis, as you know, is a, is a widow guy. And he's never done anybody wrong. Um, so Sucker Puncher got, was arrested and booked on felony charges in New York. Update as of, let's see. Got the video for Rick Moranis' assault suspect. Ventura was taken for booking. The gentleman's name suspect, Ventura, was taken for booking at Manhattan PD, uh, where he will join his fellow friend, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. The Let's see. The guy who allegedly sucker punched Rick Moranis is now in police custody and his criminal charge is being pushed into a serious category because of Rick Moranis' age. Because Rick Moranis is an older dude. He's like 67. Los Angeles uh, law enforcement sources and MIPD officers arrested 35-year-old Marquise Ventura this weekend in connection to the attack that left Rick Moranis knocked on his ass in Manhattan while walking through some scaffolding in the Upper West Side last month. We told Ventura was booked on a felony assault charge, which implies since Rick is technically a senior citizen, uh, if you attack someone who's 65 or older, any assault charge that would follow is upgraded. So, nice job. If he would have hit somebody in the head under the age of 65, it would just be a misdemeanor assault charge. Uh... It was completely random and unprovoked when it happened. Rick Moranis was not even bothering anybody. He was just going for like a morning walk. Uh, and then, of course, Moranis went to the hospital and he was later released. And then, of course, a lot of, you know, a lot of fan- a lot of uh, celebrity outrage. But then again, who the fuck cares? Uh, but ultimately, yeah, wish was granted from all the celebrities and Ventura is going to be uh, arraigned later this week. So that's the end of hopefully probably the end of that because the dude is on footage in multiple in multiple angles from the arrest to afterwards and that's the end of that. So best wishes to him in a Manhattan jail cell and uh, good luck with your public attorney. But he's going he's going to jail for sure. So that's the only that's really the only piece of good news coming out of New York City right now. So that's the end of that article. Uh, and then as far as I talked about Jordan Peterson last week briefly, or for the most part, I kind of expanded upon what he was talking about. 
So he has a book coming out. I just wanted to say, because I love the guy so much, and I support his family and all their adventures. He's got a new book coming out, Twelve uh, uh, Beyond Order, um, Another 12 Rules. That So you can now actually pre-order that. Um, you can pre-order it through Amazon, but you can actually also, if you are not an Amazon type of person, which I'm not, you can also go to Target. So just Google um, uh, Beyond Order, Another 12 Rules. Or just go to Jordan Peterson's website, and you can actually find, you can actually pre-order it. It's only like thirty bucks uh, through, what do you call it? Through Target. And if you're a Kindle person, yeah, go ahead, order it through Amazon, whatever. But you can also order it through Target, and that'll be available come March of 2021. So go ahead and check that out. Support your boy, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. Uh, also on the docket today, there was a bunch of articles. That came, oh, so as far as uh, bad news, one is. This one is a pretty, actually, this is a stock market thing. What the hell? Hold on. I don't know what that news is. I don't know. That's, that, we'll just shut that off. Anyways. Okay. So bad news for Rolls-Royce stock. I was literally just watching the stock market today, and I noticed that Rolls-Royce stock, which is going to validate a point I've been preaching for a while as far as penny stocks go. Um, penny stocks are generally known for their high volatility. Rolls-Royce, I noticed today in pre-market that it dropped over 50%. It was sitting for a while uh, after co after the COVID crash. It was sitting at like $1.80, $1.60 a share or whatever, somewhere in that range. And then all of a sudden, it just had a random jump. I bought it because I'm like, that's Rolls-Royce. They're not going to sit at like a dollar something per share for that long. And then all of a sudden, after I bought it, it skyrocketed to like almost to over three bucks a share. I did buy it and then sold it briefly afterwards. It did the same thing after the election, but just recently, as of this morning, it was sitting at three something a share, and then at pre-market, it just plummeted. There was no information given at any point during the day, and I still haven't even checked why it dropped after hours. It literally just went boop, and that was it. It went right off the map. And that's a, that's a lesson learned for anybody who's playing around with small cap essentially penny stocks, anything under like $4. Because what you're doing is if anybody were to, anybody in the company or there's any bad news regarding that share, that share can plummet a serious amount. And just 10% or 20% on a stock like that, you generally have a lot of money in that stock and you can lose a lot of money. However, when a, when a, a stock like Rolls-Royce, because Rolls-Royce is not going anywhere, anytime soon. And remember, Rolls-Royce is not just automotive, high-end automotive vehicles, but they also make engines for jets and they work with, uh, they work in the nuclear power sector. So Rolls-Royce is a big deal. It's just that their value of their stock is relatively low. And since the, but the, since Rolls-Royce is a high-end product with not a lot of demand right now and people are scraping for cash and on top of that, nuclear power is not the biggest, greenest option that everybody's looking at right now. Everybody's looking at solar, and everybody's looking at wind, uh, and everybody's looking at whatever. Nobody's really looking at nuclear. So the demand for SMR, which is uh, not out of the realm of possibility, it's still up for grabs right now. And if SMR or small modular reactors are going to be a big thing, Rolls-Royce could jump right back in the game. But on top of that, uh, also, they make jet engines. Well, jet engines right now, uh, not a lot of people are are flying as much as you think right now. So they, for the longest time during COVID, most uh, airlines had a lot of planes grounded. Then you had that Boeing 
issue with the with the with the Max, the 737 or the 757 Max, those were grounded. So the whole but those engines I believe were made by G those engines were made by GE, but still that reflects poorly on the entire market. So there wasn't a lot of hoopla for Rolls-Royce. But there but the fact that it's Rolls-Royce says a lot. Like for example, Rolls-Royce drops to a certain price or Ford drops to a certain buy price, it's in that target buy section. It's like I have to make I can make money on this stock, you have to buy it. And right now, Rolls-Royce is in that section. When it drops to like a dollar fifty, dollar sixty, how do you not drop money on a, a name, a company with that big of a D, uh, that big of a name? So you had to take advantage of it. But why we, I don't know yet. You can go, you, you can look up uh, Rolls Royce and you can type in news. But that was another thing. So bad news for them. It dropped over 50%. I bought it at $1.63 and it went up like 20, 30 cents. But then I think since then, what is it sitting at right now? Let's check. Um, and if you want to learn how to trade stocks, I mean, if you have some questions on, on stock trading, stuff like that, you can email me directly, positivesarcasmatoutlook.com. Um, my advice is for entertainment, entertainment purposes only. But yeah, have some fun. The um, Right now it's sitting at, so it, this morning it debuted at like 153 or 152 a share. It's currently sitting at 173. I bought in at 163. Uh, so there's that. As far as any other information, um, doesn't, let's see, let me click on Rolls-Royce, and there is no immediate information on the Rolls-Royce, uh, or Rolls-Royce, no immediate news information on the, on the Robinhood app right now, but regarding its collapse. But some sad news for them, I hope Rolls-Royce didn't lose a shit ton of money, I hope they recover from it, and maybe it's a good time to buy them, because a stock like that, when the market is going up, Believe me, Rolls-Royce is going to be one of those companies. When the stock market's booming, Roaring Twenties booming, companies like Rolls-Royce are going to be doing just fine. And there's going to be orders coming through. But right now, with all kinds of shit, there's other lockdowns to concern. There's civil unrest. Planes are still grounded. There's a lot of transition taking place. It may be a stock that you may want to avoid. But if you're looking to make some quick cash, that may be a stock to consider. And it's not a lot of money to jump in. But then again, what does it matter? Since you can buy in fractional shares at this point, shit, you can buy below a dollar. You can buy fractional shares. If you've got 10 cents, you can buy a fucking share or at least a portion of one. So there is that to consider. But it is sad. It's like, oh shit, that stock was doing so well. I hope it would go to like back up to like six, seven, eight dollars a share. But that's the lesson you learn. When you buy uh, low cap stocks or penny stocks, it can swing one way or the other. And if you don't have the foresight to know when to sell and you get greedy, you can lose a lot of cash quickly. And it makes no sense to buy small cap stocks when you have the, the capital to invest, when you can build on the capital of investing in a cyclical stock like U.S. Steel or New Base Therapeutics or Yamana Gold, um, when they're higher cap stocks with a known market demand, when you can just follow patterns. So those are things to take into account. REITs are on the rise. The only thing that would worry REITs, REITs are the real estate income trusts. Uh, depending upon if retail makes a comeback or uh, digital storage facilities make a comeback or mortgages make a comeback, but a lockdown would kill the economy again. And this time it would hurt it more than it did last time. Last time the economy was put on notice and it's not going to recover for quite a long time. Um, another one would kill it. Another one would kill I mean, a lot. 
Now, a way to get to a way to avoid that nightmare is understand if you follow stocks, you need to follow the Vanguard. The Vanguard gives you an idea of what's going on in the stock market. What gives you and gives you an idea of what's going on in the bond market, and the bond market can help you recover uh, or minimize the amount of losses that you have. But you can follow those stocks, and you can learn about the Vanguard and ask your if you have a broker or if you have a 401k, you can talk to them about how the Vanguard works. And it's one of the strongest, longest-lasting uh, indexes out there, and it's a safe way to invest for for retirement, generally. Um, so those are some of the options you can go to. Also, if you have like life insurance people that work in the stock market too, you can ask them, anybody in the know. But there are some out there. There's some people that are just looking at, they're, they're too safe or they're too fucking stubborn. So sometimes it's best just to invest yourself and maybe lose a little along the way as long as I learn. Because if you gamble in fucking Vegas, you're going to lose money most likely. But you can learn how to make money by losing a little bit of money in the stock market very quickly and learning how to not be emotionally invested. And just learning, knowing that you're in this to make money. You're in the stock market to make money. And that's all it is right now. With everything else going on, I'm trying to curate. This is one of the things that annoyed me today. I'm, on the 200th episode of, my, of this podcast, I should be grateful. But instead, I'm annoyed because all I'm trying to do is learn how to make money, find information, and cure, curate my feed so that I can see the things that I want to see as far as what's going on in the market, what I find interesting in science, anything that I find of value to help me further my existence as a human being and how I can provide better for myself and for those around me and to further better the technology that I use for my companies and all of that stuff. Instead, I get bullshit in there about how this how this dumb bitch from who starred in the movie Juno claims that she's non-binary and her name is fucking Elliot or whatever. And this stuff doesn't even... And I'm spending all this time curating and stating that I'm not interested in celebrities. You want me? I am very much of the vein. Yeah, celebrities are people, and they can state their opinions. But listen, when I don't want to know your opinion as a celebrity, and when I say celebrities, I don't generally mean comedians. And Elon Musk is not a celebrity. Elon Musk is a fucking genius who runs a multi-billion-dollar car company, uh, flamethrower company, uh, satellite company, spaceship company tunneling company, everything company. He's not a celebrity. He is a genius and one of the leading people in our future for the next 100 years. He's the person who's going to get us to Mars, hopefully. Get us off this friggin' planet for a change. He's he's the type of celebrity I'm interested in. Brett Weinstein, he's the type of uh, professor and interesting person I'm interested in. I'm not. Inter I'm talking about movie people, movie stars, and uh, celebrities who do like daytime television or pre prime time. Those people who don't think for themselves. They just all they do is state the corporate state the corporate fucking slogan so that they can keep their job or stay in line for another gig. And celebrities, movie stars, and stuff like that, they require attention or in order to live. And right now, with everything going on, they're the ones who are missing out on all the attention because a lot of the studios are closed or restricted and there's not a lot of jobs to be had out there. Movie theaters are closed and all that other bullshit that's going on and the places that they live in, such as New York and California, they don't get to go out as much because there's curfews or lockdowns or they can't be easily as recognized. So they can't do all their fancy glitzy bullshit. And yet, for some reason, they're trying to make their way into my fucking curated uh, feed every morning and every night when I'm trying to sip coffee that I made with my own hands 
and get into my feed. What are you doing out there? You're not doing anything for humanity by stating who you are or what you are now or how you want to be referred to. I'm trying to find people who are actually trying to benefit society by making something or building something or creating new concepts or working in science. Even though science is not a truth, science has a, a basic utility to move humanity forward. These people are just getting in the way with their offensive bullshit jargon by saying that they're this, that, and the other thing. And somehow, I don't know why, do whatever you want with your life. It's completely up to you. But how are you getting back into my news feed? How are you getting back into a news feed that I spend every morning not interested in IndieWire, not interested in Variety, not interested in Newsweek, not interested in, in fucking CNN, not interested in all these celebrities, not interested in, in friggin' bitch from Juno, what The Rock says. Oh, the, I get it. The Rock is jacked, full of steroids, and one of the hardest workers workers in Hollywood. I don't care what he has to say about fucking COVID. All right, quite frankly, I don't care at all. I don't want fucking celebrities telling me to vote because I already know they're not telling me to vote. They're telling me how to vote, and I don't like telling me. I don't like celebrities telling me what or how to do things. It's annoying. So. I'm trying to curate my Instagram feed, my Facebook feed, my morning news feed. And yet somehow these people are still getting in my way from a more interesting article about maybe the time that we almost nuked the moon or the fact that Hewlett Packard is leaving California, which means it's a massive amount of money that California no longer has because California is retarded. So fuck California, fuck the bitch from Juno, and fuck every other celebrity that is trying to get in my goddamn news feed when I'm trying to... Sh Fucking, when I'm trying to get my coffee into my belly so I can get through my goddamn day so that I can eventually retire by the ocean with my cool-ass dog. Can we at least do that? Can we at least agree? You stay out of my fucking newsfeed, and I'll stay out of your goddamn shit. Can we do me that? Do me that favor. Stay out of my newsfeed, and I'll stay out of your fucking gender pronouns. Thank you very much. I would really appreciate that. I'm trying so hard to avoid all this shit. And all I want to do is retire by the ocean with my dog, my girl, and my microphone. And yet you still somehow manage to find your way into my newsfeed with the fact that you're wearing a fucking hat and you changed your name and all of a sudden you're number three on the list of male, female, non-binary. I don't give a fuck. And yet I'm not asking you nicely. If you're not in my living room, what the fuck are you doing in my newsfeed? Get out of my newsfeed. I want to know what HP is doing. I want to know if, fucking, if uh, New York is ever going to return to normal. I want to know, you know which, which ticks give Lyme disease to my puppy. I found one yesterday on my dog's neck. I almost had a fucking heart attack because I care more about my dog than Elliot's gender pronoun. I don't give a shit about any of that. I want to know more important information. I want to know why Nintendo is switching their firmware so that users don't have to use their social media like Twitter and Facebook to transfer their media. I want to know more about that information so that I can make my, I can, here's the thing. If my, if I can figure out all this stuff, I can relay it to you so you can make better decisions with your stuff. I don't want to have to complain every freaking time I come on this podcast, um, about people like that. I want to give you information that you can utilize to better your life, all right? And every once in a while, maybe throw in there a, a politically incorrect joke. Who the fuck is texting me? Oh, never mind. It's Micah. Don't worry about that. Anyways, I'm trying to give you information and give you articles that you find interesting. 
and not deal with this. And it, it does because I my time is super valuable from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. And I don't need to see these bullshit feeds. And it does make me annoyed when some retard like fucking Alyssa Milano or some jackass like the chick from Elliot, I don't even know what her name, and guess what? It doesn't matter because she doesn't do anything. She's not important. She doesn't matter. I mean that. She's done nothing. These people do nothing. They don't work in healthcare. They don't lay bricks. They do nothing. Even prostitutes do something. Celebrity movie stars are people, but they do nothing. So when the movies are shut down, they have no value. They're not working in Cuba in a humanitarian effort. At least Wyclef Jean went to the Dominican to dig bodies out of the fucking rubble. She did nothing. She did nothing. They just go on Twitter and shut the fuck up. Do something more important with your life. All right, can we call, all right, let's fucking, let's, I wanted to get to this thing about uh, Hewlett Packard because this is actually quite interesting. The fact that uh, Hewlett Packard is deciding, how many employees, that's a lot of freaking people leaving California, jobs no longer being available. Now, let's see, it is the headquarters. So is it a manufacturing facility? Let's find out. So, and where they're going, I'll give you a fucking one guess. If Hewlett Packard is leaving California, a huge corporate company, is leaving California, where do you think they're going? Where do you think they're going? I'll give you a guess. I'll give you a hint. Joe Rogan. Hewlett Packard leaves California for Texas in headquarters. You okay there, Chase? All right, Chase, you need to sit down. You need to sit down. You got to sit down. Sit down. Sit. Can you sit? Sit. Can you sit? Sit down. All right, fine. You stay there. If you fucking jump, I'm going to flip out. Okay. Hewlett Packard leaves California for Texas in headquarter jump. I need to get it. Eventually, the new spare parts studio is going to be much easier to navigate on this laptop. So let's, all right. HPE, oh, they got a statement. Nice. HPE has made the decision to relocate its headquarters from San Jose to Houston, Texas. Houston! Uh, HPE's largest U.S. employment hub, Houston is an attractive market to recruit and retain future diverse talent. Oh, Jesus. And is where the company is currently constructing a state-of-the-art new campus with lower taxes. The Bay Area will continue to be a strategic hub for HPV, HPV, HPE innovation, and the company will consolidate a number of sites in the Bay Area to its San Jose campus. No layoffs are associated with this move, at least for now. Texas Governor Abbott celebrated the move, noting it'd be blah, blah, blah. That's fucking, uh, that's all, yeah, that's all political stuff. We don't do that shit. Um, let's see. H, okay. HP Enterprise on Tuesday also reported the fiscal fourth quarter net income of $157 million on a per share basis. Said it, okay, so what are they reporting? So if you own HP stock, uh, adjusted for non-reincurring cost, thirty-seven cents per share. They beat expectations. I'm not okay. I'm not gonna lie. HP, they their printers, their printers suck. Okay, and their low-end uh, laptops, their low-end laptops are even worse. Like the streams are are fucking hot garbage. All right, their Celerons are hot garbage. Their new stuff that's like cost-cutting, affordable. Uh, us versus the Chromebook is all dog shit, cheap computer throwaway stuff. However, their other stuff, their original everyday laptops with uh, Intel with Intel processors, usually like an i3 or even the old Celerons or whatever, those computers 
are actually pretty good because these were the computers that were before everything was on board. When I say on board, let me talk a little nerd for a second. Onboard technology means like it's already soldered in. So you have one computer board. You have your motherboard, which has all your computer parts on it. Now everything is soldered in. So the RAM is soldered in. You can't upgrade that. You can't upgrade that. The chipset is soldered in. So the, the processor, you can't upgrade that. Uh, and then other other uh, multiple items, such as if like the power, if the power co cord port, the adapt. Chase, would you fucking sit down? Sit down. God damn it. If that part is soldered in, you can't change that. For example, I have a Dell i7 where the little the, the part where my power cord plugs in, that piece was no good. So, But I was able to pull apart the Dell and pop a new one in. It cost literally like two fucking dollars. And because I did that, now I have a perfectly good working Dell i7. And all I had to do was change a $2 part. And the same thing with the HP that runs the video portion of the podcast. The same thing that with the uh, HP, excuse me, Compaq, Compaq is owned by HP, that runs the article section of the podcast. Both Hewlett-Packards, both run really well. Both were upgraded and maxed out. The HP i3 was upgraded to 8 gigs of RAM and a solid state drive. The hard drives are upgraded. In the soldered, on the onboards, you can't do that. And you can't backdate to Windows 7, which is well, in that case, fuck pointless because Windows 10 sucks. On the Celeron, same thing. Celerons are terrible processors, but you can at least upgrade the RAM and update the hard drive to a SSD drive, which is a solid state, so there's no disky things spinning. And you can run it a bare bones version of Windows 7, and it'll work. It'll do whatever you want. It'll run 1080p video on YouTube. You can watch Netflix on it. You can run multiple internet tabs. Uh, you can check your email on it. You can do all kinds of stuff. The only thing that sucks on it is the battery life. But it is a fully functional computer. That's what makes it so goddamn great. So that was what's great about HP is you can get a decent laptop. You can get a really good Hewlett Packard laptop for not, for not a lot of money. For not a lot of money. If you just need a work computer or or a computer to podcast or articles or something that you know you can use, like what I'm using, you can find them for super cheap. People just give them away. So that's one thing to take into account. Now, as far as video editing, eh, unless you get a high end one, steer clear. But as far as HP, I just I didn't. There was a lot. There are some departments for them. I'm just like steer clear of. Okay, like some of their introductory stuff where their laptops their desktops and their introductory printers they all suck i throw generally when i'm when you see me like a video on youtube me throwing shit off of a roof most of the time it's an hp uh printer that's being thrown off the roof actually every single printer that i've thrown off the roof this year and last year were all hp printers garen friggin'teed so they are leaving california um let's see is there anything else that they have to say about that. Mm, let's see. So it doesn't state how many employees are working at that campus. Eventually, they will close that San Jose campus. Because here's the thing. Taxes in California are insane. Taxes in New Hampshire and taxes in Texas? Completely different. Does Texas have a sales tax? Yes, I believe they do. Does New Hampshire have a sales tax? No, we don't. But Texas has super low taxes and a ton of real estate. 
California has a ton of real estate, but it all costs a fuck ton of money. And their regulatories, their regulations are garbage. They're fucking terrible. So why even bother build something when the amount of money you have to spend for regulatory fees is through the roof? You might as well just move to Texas. You can build whatever you want. You want to build an Eiffel Tower? Go right the fuck ahead. Make it out of chopsticks. I don't give a shit. They can do that. So why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? So in my opinion, that's a perfect idea. Uh, Elon Musk is doing the same thing. He's building a gigafactory. He's already built a gigafactory in Texas. You could see a lot of celebs, well, the like podcasters and all those people, they're leaving California as well. They're selling all their real estate. Ben Shapiro and his gang. They, ben Shapiro let you know, it's, it, the Daily Wire is not just him. The Daily Wire is a does, is dozens of employees. They all packed up and moved to like Nashville, Tennessee. Comedians are relocating to Texas, to Nashville, to uh, the northern states like, Boy, uh, like Idaho. They're all le- a lot of them are leaving. Some of them even went to New Jersey, which is possibly going to be locked down again. So what does that tell you? And if HP, that's a huge move. HP leaving could potentially mean that other companies are going to follow suit and make Texas this like mega haven for companies moving. And as long as they can find the talent to fill those departments, as long as they can find the talent to fill those departments, they will absolutely move. And I'm sure you can in places like Texas. I'm sure you can in places like Florida or Iowa or Mississippi or Alabama or Georgia, especially Georgia, South Carolina. I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. So those are that's some of the things that are going on in uh, what I in the in my curated feed that um, the fucking broad from Juno didn't get in my way. So that was a cool thing. Uh, also, um, we'll do the Nintendo one another time. I actually wanted to get to Q and A because it really starts off with a with some really interesting Q and A's. So we'll go right to that. Um, so we're at thirty four minutes. If you're new to the podcast, if you're you're new to my ramblings. Uh, I try to keep it as simple as, I, I try to keep everything as open and honest and open-minded as possible, but if I want to get going on a rant and I just want to want, want to open mic something and run and let something run its course, I will do so. And this is the 200th episode. And I, you know, the only thing that has changed really since the beginning, uh, I started doing this podcast myself is the amount of movies I've watched and that's it. But besides that, it's been pretty much the same, and it's got there's been a flow. I've been getting more metaphorical and more uh, not metaphorical, but more uh, intro introspective in some of my more recent podcasts. But I'm fine with that. I think that's important, especially right now with everything going on. I think it's important to just focus on the most important things. If you don't like where you live, move. If you don't like your job, leave. If you don't like where you who you're with, go. Really, all that matters right now is, I mean, you better, I think Dave Chappelle said it best, it, you, if, during this situation, I hope you like where you live, and I hope you like who you're with, because this might be it, this really might be it, so focus on that, because that's your house, that's your person, and that's your lifestyle, and that's your dog, and that's, your, you know, so there you go, enjoy it. I'm not saying material possessions still aren't cool. Like, don't get me wrong. I still love getting in my cars. I still love playing with my stuff. I still love fucking watches. I just bought a sixth one. I mean, but the, you know, peace of mind right now is the one thing that people are willing to pay top dollar for. Okay. Status is, status is, is kind of out. Status is out. Information and time, timing 
are super key right now. So if you have a chance to make money in the market, if you have a chance, a job opportunity that's lined up for you um, and you're, you can cut down your traveling or whatever, just take advantage of it. All that matters is you right now because right now the people that are taking the hit the most is low income and middle income. Those people are going to take the biggest beating. All right. They're the ones that are taking the biggest beating because the high end people are not going to give away their money anymore. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it, which is only going to hurt the middle class and devastate the lower class. So whatever you have, any advantages you can take of in the situation, any money that you can save, anything that you can sell, do it. The only thing I would say not sell is like, for example, if you got like a, you know, a 72 Camaro sitting in your garage or project like that that you've been working on, please do not sell something like that. That is, that is selling your soul. That is selling your soul. And that's not something I can advocate for. So if you have something that valuable to you, hang on to it. Let's go ahead and get to some Q&A uh, on this 200th episode. How do I tell my partner I'm breaking up with her because she tried to destroy a 5G tower because she believes that she believes caused my COVID? Got diagnosed with COVID a couple days ago. Can't really do anything but lay in bed and be miserable. I'll be fine. It really just sucks. Okay. So yesterday I get a call. It was my partner calling from the police station. Not only is she not supposed to leave the house because she really she is likely infected at this point too, but she has been arrested because she was caught trespassing at the site of a 5G tower half a mile from her home, and she had the backpack full of fire starting materials, which the cops took as evidence for planning to commit arson. She straight up admitted she was going to attack it because it gave me the virus. She believes COVID is spread through the air by 5G and it has been a source of on and off argument between us for months. She won't listen to a word I or any credible source says. Only YouTube videos and crazy conspiracy theorists. I think I need to break up with her because I can't help feeling guilty in some way. In her mind, she was trying to get justice for me, I guess. She fiercely devoted to me. She's fiercely devoted to me and other than the conspiracy theories, I can't imagine being in a better relationship. If I hadn't gotten sick, she wouldn't have done this. How can I break it to her that our relationship is over? Well, hmm. You know what? Keeper. That's a keeper right there. If she is willing to blow up a cell phone tower because she thinks it's trying to kill you, that's a good woman right there. That's that is a that is an absolute put a ring on her finger, buy her the latest Samsung Galaxy Note 20. And stick with her for the rest of your life. She was literally willing to fight uh, Verizon Wireless for you. So that, look, I get it. She was booked for arson and everybody's going a little crazy right now. Everybody's got this little thing that's testing them right now. And so what if she watches a little too much InfoWars or what have you? There's nothing wrong with that. We all get, there's all, everybody has a little bit of Alex Jones, and, uh, Alex Jones inside them. And that's okay. That's okay. Even uh, so, I think it would be important for you to actually talk to her about it like this and be like, "Listen, you were you were willing to blow up a cell phone tower for me? Look, you cannot buy loyalty like that anymore. You can't. You can't buy loyalty like that anymore." My opinion is, I don't care what anybody else says. If she is other than, other than setting fire to uh, a company product like a cell phone tower, if she's actually a pretty decent girl, I think you should just stick. I think you should have her stick around. I think you should have her stick around. Chase, you need to sit down. Sit down, please. Sit down, pal. Sit. Sit down. Sit down. You, oh, you just got hair everywhere. Uh, you need to stick it, stick it out with her. 
You need to say see it through. She fully admitted it, and that's it. That's all she need. That's all you need to do. Just stick it out with her. She's totally cool. All right, Chase, you're you're getting too much. Go on. Sit over here. Sit. Get up right here. Get up here. Go on. Get up here. Lay down. Here we go. Sit there. Stay there. Think about what you did. Yeah, you need to stick it out with her. Um, so what if she watches crazy YouTube videos and stuff? There's nothing wrong with that. I know everybody else is, what, all of a sudden what she does is fucking bad, but because they just, I mean, but as opposed to what? As opposed to like thousands of people rioting and throwing bricks into small businesses, that's not, that part right there is not as crazy as somebody trying to blow up a cell phone tower. They're just as fucking nuts. And guess what? Bitches be crazy. So what does it matter? Stick with her. If women are nuts and you like women, you might as well stick it out through the crazy times. They'll remember that on your next birthday when you get like a fucking super sweet, like old school Super Nintendo or N64 and she gets you like a thousand video games. I mean, what is it? I mean, I mean, that's what I'm kind of hoping for. But still, actually, I'll probably be the one buying the Super Nintendo. <laughs> but I mean, totally. This is one you need to stick it out with because if she's crazy, it's only going to make everything else so much better. And believe me, this is a story that you can tell if you ever have kids. You know, mom, Do you know what mommy did when she was about 26? What? She tried to blow up a fucking AT&T 5G tower. What's 5G? That's like, oh, that was like 16 Gs ago. But that's like a cool story. You can tell your kids, yeah, you stuck it out with mommy when she got arrested for attempted arson. I mean, there's nothing better than that. Life is all about experiences and telling stories. And what better one than to explain to your mother was protest. I mean, we do get it. Like COVID is airborne and everybody's going to get it. Like everybody's going to get it. So just fucking deal with it, okay? Take your vitamins, take your freaking, make your soups. Try to keep your life as stress-free as possible. Stop eating like shit. You're going to be fine. A couple people will die, no big deal. But, I mean, everybody's going to get it. And I don't know how the, I, look, I'll be both totally honest with you. I don't know how the frequencies of a 5G cell phone tower contribute to a virus that is already airborne. I don't know how that works. I don't know if the electronic frequencies of a cell phone tower can supercharge fucking COVID molecules. I don't see how that, I mean, that's a pretty bold statement. I'm pretty sure somebody could lay, that's actually curious. I'd like to see somebody take the pathogens of COVID-19 and put them next to a fucking AT&T 5G tower and see if those things get all juiced up like they just took fucking Jack 3D and they just start shooting all over the city. I'm sure playing biogenetics with your local radio antenna would be great. I'm sure fucking people would love that. Oh, okay. Just go ahead. Do me a favor. Go and go and spit in a Petri disc and go walk up to your fucking any radio tower you see and just see what happens. Then report back to me. I'm sure it's a brilliant idea. Fucking Pizzagate 2.0. Um, I don't know. Look, I can tell you right now, this thing is airborne. Everybody's going to get it. And you know what? You're going to be fine. Mostly you're going to be fine. And that's going to be the end of it. I don't know what to tell you. I'm pretty much disconnected from it at this point. I'm pretty much disconnected from society at this point anyways. You know, I mean, I, that's it. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm hunkered down in the spare parts studio, which has essentially become a bunker. And uh, I'm totally fine with that. And then I'm going to transition to the ocean. And you can find me there. So there you go. So let's get on to the next one. And so for the record, yes, she's crazy. But if she's great in every other department, stick with her. She's probably great in bed. Should I tell my wife I only married her for the free house? 
My wife and I have been together for 12 years. We started dating in high school and I moved in together. We moved in together during college. After college, she moved back into a hostile home environment of her parents' dysfunctional marriage. Adultery, alcoholism, constant fighting, and blatant lying. I was on the fence about staying together, but I couldn't leave her to deal with all that without my emotional support and comfort. Well, good for you. This went on for years until her grandfather started buying homes for his grandchildren and offered one of the homes for us if and when we got married. I got to actually close that. There we go. Uh, okay, sorry. Lost my place. I thought this would be a great way to start fresh with a home that was paid for already and we could build on our relationship. I knew it wasn't the best way to start a marriage with the feelings I had about leaving her, but I couldn't resist the urge to remove her from her terrible situation. That's, uh, what do they, what, there's a syndrome for that, or there's a, what is it called? Catcher in the Rye? Is it Catcher in the Rye? I don't fucking know. Whatever. Things were good for a while, but we spent more time together, it, but when we spent, as we spent more time together, it became apparent that our futures look very different. Mainly, she wants to start a family while I'm unsure about having children, especially with her. She's made it clear that if I don't come around, this could be the reason to end the relationship. Should I tell her the truth of how and why we got where we are? Should I just let the not wanting children thing be the less hurtful of two scenarios as the reason to end things? Um, just stick with the truth just or a lesser version of it. But in some way, shape, or form, like, listen, I think we've just grown apart. I think we've just grown apart through everything that we've gone through. Uh, I think it's just not going to work. And then just and make that break. Just make that break. Like, either way, because if you say you never loved her, you're basically admitted that you're admitting that you lied to her. So put something out there and make sure it's concrete and then leave it at that. Because I don't know what you guys look like or what you talk like or what you smell like. Uh, but if that has a fact, if anyway been a factor, well, that needs to be considered. How do I tell my mother-in-law she cannot have my children to herself for Christmas this year? Huh? I have three wonderful kids and a mother-in-law who feels like my children are another chance for parenting. Oh, okay. Since she missed out on so much with her son, I have been trying to assert boundaries with her, but it can be hard. To my family, holidays mean spending, spending them together. But every year she wants to be just her and the grandkids at her house, nobody else. And the whole separation of it all just bothers me. I said last year this is the Christmas and this year to Christmas, but how do I let her know in a respectful way that this is not happening again? I have no problem with us coming up as a family to do a holiday at her house on occasion. This is a woman who has asked for my kids to live with her and ask for a two-month stay at her place. She spent, just bought a house and told them that they will have their own room there, and she's building them a pool. It makes me a lot uncomfortable. Her expectations is there will be a lot. She lives several states away. Um. Yeah, if you're... Well, first of all, look. They're your kids. And as long as they're in a healthy home, healthy environment, you don't want your kids getting spoiled by grandma or mother-in-law or whatever the fuck it is. You don't want your... Because that's horrible. Because kids are super fucking spoiled right now. I was spoiled as a kid too. But I understood what it was like to really not have much. And at the end of the day, what was on the table was what I was eating. Okay? That was it. That, so there were guide. And believe me, yeah, it was, I was fucking scared of my dad when he was pissed. Kidding me? Jesus Christ. But uh, the fact is, is if you send them there, they're going to get super spoiled. 
and it's going to ruin them. So you can't do it. You stick together as a family. They'll understand the value of family, and that's the best way to do it. That's it. And if she throws a hissy fit, it's like, well, guess what? You had your chance. Don't ruin mine. So that's my thoughts about the situation is no, you... And if she makes a, if she bitches and moans and complains about it, yeah, you do fucking cancel Christmas or be like, listen, we're done here. Or if she makes crazy threats, that's a definite red flag right there where you need to back out of it completely. Let's move on to the next uh, article or next uh, Q&A. Oh. Should I leave my granddaughter off my Christmas? Okay. Should I leave my granddaughter off my Christmas list because she stopped speaking to me after a misunderstanding? My daughter and I are estranged, but up until now, I have managed to keep up a relationship with my grandchildren, 10, 14, and 16. A month ago, my 16-year-old granddaughter stopped speaking to me over a misunderstanding, which she refuses to even talk about. I've, even, I've reached out to her several times, but she refuses to even acknowledge me. I'm disappointed and sad that she seems to be following in her mom's footsteps. I still communicate with the other two grandchildren who tell me they love me and etc. My question is regarding Christmas. I would like to give the younger ones gifts, but I'm not sure what to do about the one not speaking to me. On one hand, I feel that she is sure she certainly doesn't deserve my consideration. And at 16, she's old enough to learn that her actions have consequences. And if I send a gift, I'm teaching her that she can continue to take me for granted, but she doesn't even know she doesn't talk to you. She's, she's not taking you for everything, anything. On the other hand, it's Christmas, and she's still a tr uh, child trying to deal with her extremely dysfunctional mother. And I should give in to the spirit of the season and to let her know I still love her. I also don't want to appear manipulative by giving her siblings and punishing her. All right. Well, okay. Understand what... Uh, I'll keep it simple. If you still talk to the grandkids, the younger ones, ask them. Ask them, look, she so-and-so is not talking to me. Should I still send her a gift? If they say yes, send her a gift. If they say no, then don't do it. That's all. But you're not being manipulative. You're just asking, like, look, should I send her something? I still love you guys. Uh, what should I do? Because even adults you know, sometimes don't have an answer. And sometimes you have to look to the kids. Not for like, I don't mean like Greta Thunberg, that fucking idiot, but I'm talking about like in a situation where you have a child who's not speaking to you and she's 16. Well, 16-year-old granddaughter, I mean, Jesus Christ, she's in high school. She has, She's in that mode. She's in that mode. And that's a hard one. So what do you do in that scenario? Well, I mean, you could send her something and let her know. And this could be the last straw, but you don't want to come off like that. You could ask, but if she doesn't want to speak to you, I mean, maybe she'll want to speak to you later. But like I said, that's one option. It really is up to you, and I can't fault you for any reason. And yeah, I know you could say, well, you should be more appreciative and blah, 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 blah. It's like, what do you want me to do? Shit's crazy right now. And money is one of those things where you have to really appreciate it. When You only appreciate it when it's not there. You know, you can have all the money in the world, but if you got a shit ton of debt, that money don't matter. So I think whatever you feel is best, don't feel don't feel guilty about any, just for this year only, for this year only, whatever decision you make, 
is your is is the best decision. And that's it. Next year, if you didn't want to send her anything, there you go. She'll figure it out when she gets older. Or not. In that case, fuck it. Uh, ooh. How can I get my company to stop excluding childless couples from its Christmas party? Our company has about 80 employees. Christmas at our workplace is very family-oriented. It is a catered lunch during the workday. An employee dresses as Santa, and every single child under the age of 18 associated with the company gets called up and given a gift. This means kids and grandkids. We also have an employee raffle that is incredibly generous. It is ballooned into a huge ordeal. There's a lot to like about our Christmas parties, but one thing upsets me every year. I am not allowed to bring my husband. The rule is that spouses can only attend if you have a child. It is a grandchild, then the parents can also attend, which means that those of us without kids don't get the opportunity opportunity to introduce our coworkers to our spouses. I also think it's especially rude because we have multiple employees who are in the same sex marriages and this rule applies to them as well. As none of, okay, look, I'm done with this one. This one's fucking stupid. Look, it's the reason I'm done with this one is because it has to do with company and introducing your personal life to your company. I'm complete I'm totally against that shit because if you work for a company, it doesn't fucking matter. You want to be personally invested in a company? That's one thing. But as far as this company policy bullshit and you not being able to bring so-and-so because of whatever, who cares? Who fucking cares? It's a job. You'll eventually get fired or go to another one or quit or retire, and that's the end of it. I don't care. They don't, that's, that's their policy. That's their workplace policy. That's the end of it. Who gives a shit? That really don't. It doesn't matter to me in any way, shape, or form. It's whatever. It's their party, and that's how they want to run it, and that's the end of it. And anybody can have a kid or or whatever, or adopt one or whatever, or bring their game. Who gives it? I just, this means nothing to me. It absolutely has no value in my brain to try to decipher it in any way, shape, or form any more than it already is. Nobody gives a shit. There'll always be another holiday. Move on. In that case, let's move on to the next one. Actually, I think that's the end of it. Yep, that's the end of it. Okay, is there any more? Holy shit, we actually did all. Did we do all of them today? Ooh, no, there's one more. Oh, damn it. This one is fucking tough. All right, what's what's in with a toughie? When is the best time to tell my fiance I'm breaking up with her because she's infertile? <gasps> this is so wrenching to say, but I'm going to have to break up with my fiance and I'm trying to figure out the least painful way to do it. So we've been together four years and we decided to try for a baby. It turns out she's infertile. We're both devastated by the news, but I know it's worse for her. She's already suggesting adoption for a surrogate. I told her we could talk about it later, but the truth is I don't want that at all. I want to have my own kids in the usual in the usual way. I guess that sounds selfish, but that's how I feel, and I can't change it. I know that means I have to break up with her even though I love her. But there's no way I can put it through her breakup right now. Put her through a breakup right now. We were both so raw and vulnerable, but it's the worst thing to string her along knowing I will eventually have to do it. What's the hot, kindest way to proceed? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, dude, what the fuck? If you truly love somebody, why the fuck would you break up with them because of something like that? Really? If you didn't love her, that's one thing. But, and look, I'm not one to give a shit about doing something if it makes me look like the asshole. But this is different. Like, this is like, oh, you can't do... Like, you, this is one thing you can't do. It's like... Huh? 
There's a lot of ways to get around this situation. And at the end of the day, it's like, what? I mean, I, I, I get it. I get it. It's tough. She can't have kids. Can she adopt? Yes. Can somebody else carry the child? Yes. There are, I mean, there's got to be a solution for this. And look, she is the priority. A kid should always be number two. Okay? It is. You married this person for that, or you're in love with this person because of who they are, not what they can produce. That's more utility-based than anything. And I, I'll look at it, look at it this way. I, I'll just like open, let me open mic this for a second. Let me work through this. Like, would you wanna, would I wanna fall in love with somebody because they can make babies? Like, you wanna envision the perfect scenario. Like, this is somebody I wanna spend my life with. Because I appreciate them being around. I appreciate their sense of humor. I appreciate the love and support that they give me. Um, their sarcasm. Their And their ability to just fucking understand when I need to be left alone. And just and going on adventures together and making fun of them. And, you know, when they can take it and stuff like that. Uh, and things like that. When does having kids all of a sudden become the ultimate priority over that? That's, uh, I mean, that's a different thing altogether. Like, you understand, like, I get having kids to some people is huge. It's huge in ways I can't understand. But being able to break up, the idea of breaking up with somebody because they can't produce children means you don't love them for them. That's not love. That is utility. That's different. That's not love. Love means you're not perfect and I'm cool with that. That's fine. Because nobody's fucking perfect. Nobody's perfect. Somebody's always got something. Okay? And I think that's important. Forget about Christmas or this time of year, COVID bullshit. It's like COVID strengthened a lot of relationships this year or created relationships that maybe necessarily weren't supposed to be created, but have become something wonderful. And understanding your priorities as far as this is a person you care about a lot, figure out alternative methods. I get it. The bond you have with a child through the natural, uh, uh, the natural process of birth, the old-fashioned way, the, proper, the, the, the way, the biological way of having a child is a connection Unlike any other, I know. I know. I know. I get it. I I admit to that. But in this case, in any case, it starts with the mom. It starts with the woman. It starts with your partner, and you have to love them for them for just who they are and the effort they bring to the table. But these things, like a type one diabetic, are unavoidable, and she can't produce. But because she's infertile or whatever, there's a way around this. Figure it the fuck out and go from there. Because I think if, unless you actually don't love her for who she is, then it's not love. Then it's just baby making. And that's not, that's not love. That's just like, oh, I like you because you can do this. Oh, you can't do that? Well, I don't love you anymore. No, you never loved her to begin with. Okay? So, I'm not, I can't, you, you do what's best for you because this is America and you do what you want. 
But I'm I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. But if you never loved her, go f- let her go find somebody else who will love her for who she is. That's the best thing I could do. I can tell you one thing though. Once you kick her to the fucking curb, you may be second guessing yourself. And you might be kicking yourself down the road. Why did I give that up? That. And it's not because you um, decided against children, but the opposite, you weren't able to have children. The complete opposite of normally what it is. Like normally the guy's like, I don't want kids. In this case, he wanted kids, but he couldn't have kids, at least in the natural format. So, but now we can't have her because he's going to kick her to the curb. I wonder what he's going to be thinking five years later. I wonder. Just curious. Could be wrong, but lately I've been pretty goddamn right. And yeah, I don't know, dude. You may want to think this one through. Just think it through. Understand, once you leave her, she's prime real estate. Straight up. She's gonna be like a she's gonna be like an oceanside condo. She's gonna go up so she's and she's gonna get sold super quick. And then that's it. You're not even gonna be able to realize what just happened. Poof. Gone. So think on that. All right, we're done for today. Uh thank you everybody for listening to the two hundredth episode. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening and watching and subscribing. If you have questions, concerns, comments, if you want to be a guest in the podcast chair uh, for the month of December, you're more than welcome to just email me or text me or hit me up in my DMs or whatever. You can be a guest in the chair or you can just sip coffee. Uh, I'll probably not be having any guests for Q1 uh, of the of 2021 as I'll be underground shooting the podcast. But once I move to the ocean, then I will be obviously setting up a brand new studio with multiple microphones again, and then we'll go from there. So, but in the meantime, you can find me on the social medias. You can find me on YouTube. You can uh, email me directly, positivesarcasm.com. And of course, you can do- donate directly to the podcast, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. And then check out all my information there. But until then, you can subscribe to the podcast on my YouTube channel, or you can hit me up on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, Spotify, anywhere where podcasts are available. So thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing, and I will talk to you all on Sunday. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. of some quiet conversation She's coming in 12.35 Her mullet wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation I stopped an old man along the way Hoping to find some more forgotten words or ancient melodies Turn to me as if to say Hurry boy, it's waiting there for you 
It's gonna take a lot to drag me away from you There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do I bless the rains down in Africa Gonna take some time to do the things we never had mm. The wild dogs cry out in the night As they grow restless longing for some solitary company that I must do what's right Sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti I seek to cure what's deep inside Frightened of this thing that I've become Gonna take a lot to drag me away from you There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do the rain's down in Africa Gonna take some time to do the things we never Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.